You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. In today's show, we have a special guest. The Houston Chronicle's Stephanie Stradley is back with us to talk about those first-place Texans. Yeah, I'll toss in a first-place Texans while I've got the chance. Uh, welcome aboard to Deshaun Watson's tour bus. I'm Robert Land from the Houston Sports Talk Podcast. Uh, Brian's not with me in this one, my co-host, but uh, thanks for diving into your best daily source of Texans news, views, and interviews. One quick news item, the Texans waived injured linebacker Tyrell Adams and add preseason favorite Josh Kyes to the 53-man roster. Hey, back with us is Stephanie Stradley and... Uh, who knew long before Bill O'Brien that winning an NFL game was the hardest thing to do in sports? You knew that, right, Steph? Uh, sure. <laughs> no, to, to be fair to, to Bill O'Brien on that, he, he has this thing when you ask him questions, and it, it makes sense. He does not like questions that have implied premises to them. And if you ask him a question with an implied premise in it, he will not necessarily go off, but he will not answer the question that you ask. He'll kind of question your question. So, you know, a a question with an implied premise is, you know, when did you stop beating your wife? (laughs) And so, you know, Jerome was, was not, not trying to be pointed with this question, but he was talking about not playing well and getting wins. And, you know, O'Brien was not going to be having that. He didn't like the the implication that somehow they were not deserving it. And frankly, I think that part of his answer is, is what a lot of people do, which is he's not talking to us and he's not talking to the media. He's talking to his team and kind of pitching it as, us against the world. And so he he was having his teams back and saying, look, this is not easy. And, you know, this is, you know, winning NFL games is hard. No, I mean, so I, I, I really didn't think very much of it at the time. I know it makes for a good sound bite, but really, like, if you want to set him off, ask him a question with an implied premise. I accidentally did it once because I was really hot at training camp and just put together a question that wasn't very good. And he didn't like it the way it was asked. He, he actually later answered, answered it when I asked the question better. But I mean, that's just one of his things. Do not ask him a question with an implied premise. Yeah, there's probably a psychology course at Brown University that had something to do with all of that. But hey, uh, before we get your deep thoughts, I want to play a little Texans game called What Do You Expect? Or What Did You Expect? (laughs) And I'll give you a part of the Texans team and you tell me, based on what you've seen this year, are they better than expected, worse than expected, or just as I thought? I don't want you to get into detail yet. Just throw out your instant reaction. Does that make sense? Sure. All right. Okay. First one I've got is Texans offensive line. Better than expected, worse than expected, or just as I thought? My personal thoughts, uh, just as I thought. Next up, the Texans tight end group. Better, worse, or just as you thought? Just as I thought. All right. The Texans secondary. Better, worse, or just as you thought? Pretty much what I thought. Last one I have, maybe this is the trickiest. We'll see. How about coaching? Not necessarily Bill O'Brien, just coaching in general. Better, worse, or just as I thought? Uh, 
about what I thought. <laughs> so you you knew all this. So you uh, <laughs> knew everything. Now that the game's over, were there any of those areas you want to expound on? Sure. First of all, if you look at the Texans' offense just as a group, they're really young from quarterback to offensive line, especially tight end to wide receiver. I mean, it's a really, really young group of people with an offense that even Ryan Fitzpatrick, the Harvard guy, said was not easy. Now, part of this is like, okay, at some point, do you just wonder that can Bill O'Brien coach offense? And, you know, Deshaun Watson got Bill O'Brien, his extension based on what happened last year. The thought was, okay, we're going to roll into this year and we're going to see more of the Deshaun Watson show. Just kind of taking off where he he came from, you know, even though he had had that time off and he was recovering from a knee. And really from just kind of what I've seen, I think that even though they say that the playbook is open, I don't think that the playbook is open post-knee and post-now, the chest issue. I don't know what they were thinking with the offensive line. I mean, just because you got rid of one set of people that didn't work out for you doesn't mean that the set that you replace them with is going to be any better because the rings of bad offensive line hell are nearly infinite. Yeah, I want to. uh, Yeah, I got a question for you later on that. But yeah, the offensive line, it's frustrating. But we brought up in the show that it does. It's not just the offensive line. It's the running backs can't block the tight ends can't block. I mean, nobody can block with the you know, with protection. Well, I mean, part of it is you have a really young offense. So it only takes one person to do something wrong or like, you know, basically there's no perfect play, right? It's just a question of, okay, can you, it's kind of like golf. You know, the greatest golfers are not the ones that are the perfect golfers because perfection doesn't happen. It's the ones who get in trouble and can get out of trouble very easily. It's a bunch of young guys working with a bunch of young guys, right? And it, it only takes a couple of guys to get things wrong for the whole play to blow up. So, you know, yes, the Texans have so many pre-snap penalties, most of them on the offensive side of the ball. If the run block doesn't go right, then the running play doesn't work. Let's just put it this way. Who on the offense do you think is above average and would be starters on any team? Yeah, it's just you're talking about the receiving core, you know, Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins, those guys. And Deshaun, I think, is can be above an above average quarterback. So the question is, can the offense catch up enough by the end of the season? Because, you know, you can be like the Jaguars and look like world beaters at the beginning of the season and beat New England and then, you know, put a crown on them. But the question is, can they put together an offense that's dynamic that doesn't get Deshaun Watson killed. And maybe it doesn't have to be the offense that, you know, was the most exciting offense in the league last year for that short period of time. Maybe it just needs to be a decent offense. Like, you know, maybe we don't have to have as many style points with, with the game, They but they need to be able to compete in every kind of game. Can they compete in low-scoring games? Can they compete in high-scoring games? Well, right now they can compete in low-scoring games because they have the defense to do that. Can they compete in high-scoring games? Well, 
there's a lot of season left for them to fix things, but they're going to have to fix their protection or Watson's not going to finish out the season. Yeah, that's that, that's one of the things I wanted to, t- to ask you about, um, you know, because, you know, I'm, I'm kind of wondering if it's time to rethink how we think about the offense and maybe how the Texans brass needs to think about the offense. And, and also, you know, I do want to ask you about this AFC South race because, you know, we, we do need to figure out, are the Texans the favorites now? Hold that thought for just a second, because I want to remind everybody that uh, if you're enjoying the show, tell your friends, let them know they can find us on Spotify, the Google podcast app and iTunes. You can support us by sharing our links with your social media followers and take a few seconds to rate us on iTunes. Email LockedOnTexans at Mail.com for questions or comments so we can bring you into the conversation as well. Believe it or not, the Texans are seven and a half point favorites over the Dolphins this Thursday. Hey, if you think you could make some money off of that or any of the other games this week, go to MyBookie.ag. Remember who you're betting on. It's just as important as who you're betting with. They've been in the business for years. They've got great reviews. Their mobile site's easy to use. And we'd only recommend a service that's been good to us. That's why I urge you to make your way to MyBookie. You win, they pay. They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points, scoring the most rewarding player perks in the biz. If you're willing to deposit after 6 p.m. Central, they're going to give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON25, LOCKEDON, that's us, LOCKEDON25, to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today and if you wait till 6 p.m you can get that extra 25 dollars free play by using the promo code locked on 25 go ahead wait till after dinner take the extra money that's what i would do hey it's my bookie you play you win you get paid i'm with stephanie stradley who contributes to the houston chronicle at cron.com and, and i made the point after sunday's game stuff that with the texans strong defense their strong special teams now their weak pass protection a mediocre division and a less than difficult remaining schedule deshaun watson we need to look at him as just maybe a game manager the rest of this season they just need to rethink this a little bit is that fair I just don't think that the offense as he's playing it right now is suited for his skills. I mean, what's happening is he's in the pocket and then the pocket blows up and then he rolls it out. And then when he rolls out, a lot of times he's hitting people once he's rolled out. I mean, having it more designed that way would be nice, but I'm not sure that they trust the offensive line so much with the bootleg. But like him standing there with the pocket immediately collapsing and not being able to trust his tackles, that's a problem. Now, the flip side to this is the Texans have faced a lot of really good defenses, and they're going to do that again on Thursday. So we might have the world's ugliest game on Thursday because the way that these teams, at least so far this season, have, have kind of come together They both have good defenses. They both have very good special teams. Miami's defense or offense has been adequate. Now with Osweiler, it's kind of limited. But I mean, these, the teams actually are not that different. And so when you have games where you have good defense, good special teams and kind of questionable offense, then it ends up being, you know, a big battle with field position and 
you know, sloppy play and defense. I mean, some people like defense. I mean, the NFL doesn't, but we'll see how this goes. I mean, it's, it's likely to be kind of ugly. Yeah. I mean, we made the point in our post game show yesterday that you look at the rest of the schedule and this is why I say game manager, because look at the offenses that they're playing the rest of the way. It's not like you got to put up a bunch of points against Brock Osweiler or Case Keenum and the Broncos. Yeah, they had a good game last week, but you know they're, they're not uh, the Chiefs or the Rams or what. And, and then you got Alex Smith with the Redskins. The, the, it might be a little bit tougher, but the, Mary Oda, that's not looking good. Baker Mayfield's a rookie. Andrew Luck, we've done that before. Sam Darnold's a rookie. Uh, the Eagles with Carson Wentz, even that team's got some problems offensively right now. And then you're back to the Jags with Blake Bortles slash Cody. Ke- I mean, this is, a, I mean, they, should they be the favorites in the AFC South? I mean, look at the rest of that schedule. They're in the driver's seat, but I don't think that this is a team that is consistent enough to say anything one way or another. Before this last game, the three previous wins were the most angering wins that you can like possibly have. Like I I was thinking back in previous seasons of like, what wins have I got to the end of the game and just been really angry. I mean, because we're not just talking about like, you know, like, Hey, that was an ugly win. It's like, Oh my gosh. Like what kind of confluence of events needed to happen for us to win this game kind of thing. I mean, that's, Three really annoying wins. Like there was once a win years ago where the Texans won because the defense or the the opposing offense scored so fast because the Texans defense was terrible. Like that kind of win. You definitely could say the coaches that they faced actually out, you know, out coached Bill O'Brien in a bad way. You know, it should have been a tie against the Colts. Uh, the the go, not going for it on fourth down with the Cowboys. I think it was in overtime when they were, you know, inside the Texans forty five or something like that. That you know that that could have been argued that they should have just gone for it there, and then they kind of gave the Texans the ball back and the chance to win that game by punting. This was crazy. Three like it's like literally it is hard for me to think of a previous like I I can think of maybe one or two games previous to the season. Three games just this season alone where it was just it was just so dumb. The wins were the dumbest wins. Now, of course, I've made the analogy before that if I shoot a birdie or a par and it's done in a really ugly way, I don't write on my scorecard that was really ugly. Although I may put how many putts I had. I'll note that sometimes. So you have a young offense. And you have an an offensive coordinator slash head coach that doesn't have a track record of putting together an easy offense to score a lot of points. Yeah, I want to get maybe the storyline that you think Texans fans might be missing this year. Think about that one while I remind everybody that some we got some extremely cool news for our Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe to our Locked On NBA podcast because every single week, Sam Amick of The Athletic and Ben Golliver of SI will join host David Locke as a guest. Many of you remember Sam Amick from his years at USA Today. So that's that's really cool. Also got to talk about our partners at Swap.com. You know, isn't it crazy how much we pay for new brand name clothes? Why do we buy new kids clothes if they just outgrow them in a few months? Wouldn't it be great if there was a place to discover awesome discounts 
on gently used clothes. There is, and it's called Swap.com, the world's largest online consignment and thrift store. Stop, stop driving from store to store, sifting through racks. Easily sift through millions of clothes and seconds on Swap.com with easy-to-use filters to find just what you need. Over 14 million tons of textiles are wasted each year, but shopping secondhand at Swap.com helps prevent textile waste from polluting the environment, which is something you can definitely feel good about. With Swap.com, you can save up to 90% off the retail price on your favorite brands like Nike, J. Crew, and Gap. Quality hand-inspected items are added every day. If something doesn't fit, enjoy hassle-free returns within 30 days. And we got a special offer for our listeners. Get 30% off select items for your first order with the promo code LOCKEDON. Plus, find new cool deals every day on Swap.com's homepage, LOCKEDON is that promo code go to swap.com the world's largest online consignment and thrift store all right steph is there some storyline with the texans you think fans might be missing this year or anything that uh you know that you talk to people and they're that they haven't noticed maybe most people have noticed that the special teams is better imagine that you get brad seeley an experienced special teams coach who's had success you know coaching special teams before obviously kind of shaped what the special teams roster looks like. And they look competent for the first time in a very long time. I mean, it, it's unusual to have special teams that has been as bad as it's been since maybe like 2011. Um, so, I mean, I think that is a positive news going forward because it's not something, you know, like it's not going to be perfect because nobody's special teams are. But if that special teams can continuously pin teams deep, do you want to face J.J. Watt and J.D. Clowney and Whitney Merciless, you know, backed up on your two? Like you don't want to do that. So, I mean, I think that's a good sign. And, and I think just generally, okay. Bill O'Brien's offense is what it is. The running backs are who they are. And they have shown the ability to put together an offense good enough to win games because they've been having to do that since O'Brien's here. So, like, we know that he can do that, you know. And if it's a matter of making the offense less aggressive when they can get away with being less aggressive. I think that maybe that they need to do that. Like, I, I, I don't know if you remember in the broadcast, James Lofton said something like for that, that almost interception in the last game, he goes, Oh yeah, he put, you know, I like dessert, but he put too much ice icing on the cake. It's kind of one of those things where we're talking about being a little too cute in the red zone. At some point, they just need to figure out what they are good at, what is easy for that offensive line to do and these baby tight ends to do, and figure out what they're good at. Mike Devlin, offensive line coach. Uh, what do you think about where the Texans are with him? Because the one thing that you can say about this offensive line is guys don't tend to improve much under Mike Devlin. Well, I think a little bit of it is chicken and eggs and who bought the hens. I mean, very few offensive line coaches can just take the island of misfit toys and put them together and say, okay, here's your offensive line. You know, they had Xavier Sulafilo. He didn't choose them. He, he came a year before Mike Devlin. And he showed up to camp late because he, you know, he was um, one of the West Coast graduation people that at the time 
couldn't show up until late. And so he was just behind. But other than that, they haven't they haven't really drafted offensive linemen high. And typically, like let's say for left tackle, you need to get those high because everybody values tackles. They need to because they protect the quarterback. Yeah, Nick Martin was drafted high, and I just don't see the potential in him so far. I just there's nothing that gets me real excited. He just he seems like a below average center. You know, I don't I don't put him in the below average category. I just think that as a group, you're asking a lot to put. You know, like in a usual situation, if you're adding like one or two guys to a line, you know, that's a lot to have like pretty much a brand new line with guys, you know, just pieces and parts kind of put together and, you know, not an offensive line coach that has a long history of success with it. I mean, I I think you're just asking way too much. Are they going to beat the Dolphins this week? Who knows? (laughs) I mean, I know seriously, uh, you know, if you look at the variability of how, how they play, they're a very variable team. Like sometimes they look great and then sometimes they look terrible. And a lot of it is, you know, their pre-snap penalties went down last week. Well, that's great. You know, after the first half, even last week's game could have gone completely different with just a play here or play there. You know, that should have been an interception, a red zone interception instead of a touchdown because they, threw into double coverage instead of running into the end zone like they had been running all the way down the field. So I don't want to be a downer about it, but like they have to become more consistent. And a lot of teams rely on young players and, and you know, the experience that they're getting this year will help them in future years. But they need to, you know, they need to grow up. It's a lot of young players on offense, but they are the, the albatross the albatross of this team. And they've been that. They've been that. Other than that, those few shining moments last year. And and really you saw you've seen moments throughout the course of this year where they're playing that complimentary football. But you know, it's mostly been, you know, the special teams helping the defense. The offense just at a minimum needs to not do the three and outs and give the the defensive breather. Before I let you go, uh, plug uh, your social media handles and uh, anything that you're working on. You can find me on Twitter at Steph with a PH Stradley, S-T-R-A-D-L-E-Y. I have a link to my Chronicle stuff in my bio. And then I also have my personal website, stephaniestradley.com or stephstradley.com. Uh, I haven't been writing much in that lately, but I'm redoing my website. So once it gets to be the point where, you know, it's easier to read, um, I'm going to start writing on it some more. And that should be coming out in the next couple months. Boy, that sounds great. It's always fun having you. Thanks so much for doing this, Steph. Anytime. One quick reminder before we let you go, just LockedOnTexans.com. LockedOnTexans.com, that's the place to go. We got writers doing good work over there as well as go to my Houston sports talk podcast uh, talking about Astros and rockets and everything that's going on as well as Houston Cougars uh, this week. Uh, my co-host RG seal and I, we kind of bat things around on a normal basis over on Houston sports talk, the podcast. That's all we got for 
this Locked On Texans. Tomorrow, it's our crossover show. We're going to preview the Dolphins game. Boy, it's only three days away, two days maybe for some of you that are just hearing this on a Tuesday. So uh, we got to get to that. Our Locked On Dolphins uh, host is going to join us, and we'll kind of bat things around and preview the game on Thursday. As always, though, thanks for making us a part of your week. You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh, my God.